Updog fella. Look good, feel good, play good. We got some new Adidas golf swag coming the fella's way. I don't know if any new golf swag would help your game, but, but I love it. Adidas is excited to introduce new offerings within the go-to apparel collection that allows you to bring your style to the golf course. Not the traditional golf uniform. Go-to brings a fresh attitude to the game wherever you play. You'll look good on and off the course while enjoying all the technical benefits that let you play your best. Featuring streetwear-inspired style, the go-to collection rewrites all the rules and encourages you to express your style through every swing. Explore the new go-to collection on adidas.com slash golf. Fella. Welcome back to a fresh episode of Missing Curfew Updog. What's up, fella? Big fella. Happy New Year, my man. Yeah, 2023 what, is upon us. What a New Year it was. Um, I, I'm happy to be back in the studio. Obviously missing you. But I'm just happy I got out of Aspen yesterday. I don't know who my pilot was for United. But man, did he give his balls a tug. Because you could not see shit up, dog. <laughs> and he's like, we're going. I'm like, I love this guy. And uh, made her safe. So it's good to be back. But man, that Aspen, what a nice little town you got up there. Yeah, it's a beautiful town. Were you uh, any party you wanting to stay? Maybe and just we have to do both do the satellite show from Aspen. Was there was there any party that didn't get enough skiing in, or maybe uh, hot toddies, or or were you ready to get home? I was ready to get home. I, I I don't know, man. The altitude there, I I already battle with, you know, my my beaks in one from having it broken so many times and just dryness. I don't know. I had the like, I had the humidifier beside my bed, literally fucking on my face. I would still wake up every morning. I don't think I'm built for the mountains, fella. I mean, if I had a sick pad like, you know, you and Loops do, maybe that would be different. But for me, I was I was ready to get back to Cali. So it's good. Our boy Billy Quinn's in the house. We're going to go play some golf. The weather's not perfect. We're going to battle the elements. That's nice. And speaking of our, our boy Lupo in his nice house, he's uh, so kind enough. He's up skiing some powder this, well, this morning. I was out there, too. The, the conditions are perfect for skiing. But uh, I'm here at his new condo. Wi-Fi is great. Uh, the beer fridge is full. I might get into those if our show, you know, continues on here more than an hour. I might start drinking um, and getting ready for this World Junior game today at four thirty. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's Aspen's been great, Obes. I think it was a great weekend. We had a lot of friends in town. Uh, did a lot of skiing. Uh, did a lot of uh, extracurricular activities. I mean, the one night we stayed out, it was it was a big a big New Year's Eve, wouldn't you say? I gotta say, I'm gonna say I was the last guy up. In Aspen, I was walking downtown Aspen back to my hotel, and there wasn't a fucking single person on the streets. I'm like, I'm the only one fucking still up here. Hey, I'm like, I'm just walking around Aspen by myself, poor Ontario boy. I'm like, this is not bad. I actually couldn't really find the W when I when I first got going, and I was gonna look at my phone, and I'm like, I'm just gonna enjoy this. I'm gonna enjoy the weather. I'm walking home at five in the morning. It's it's a great little town. I'll tell you what else ups. The ski outfits there on the women are are next level. Like some of the ski outfits I saw are just nationally. Yeah, they bring back that kind of 70s look with the belt, you know, the one piece, the belt, the helmet, the matches, the goggles. Um, yeah, you got to keep your head on a swivel up here getting onto these chairlifts in the gondola because <laughs> they're everywhere. The, the one pieces are a nice touch. The one pieces, I, I would, 
I would uh, dictate which which run I was going on by you know what was ahead of me, right? I'm like, ah, okay, I'm gonna go down. Uh, I'll go down Ruthie's run there this time. But uh, we didn't even get one run in together. I actually skied uh, both days solo. So well, one time with a friend of mine, and then I never got one run in with you, Mackel, or Loop. So that was kind of a bummer. Yeah, it is a bummer. I, I mean, I've been out there. I'd probably say six days now out of the you know probably week eight days I've been here. Today's conditions were great. Uh, shout out to Sheldon, our boy Sheldon, who um, you know not only built an amazing outdoor rink, which I'm going to take Izzy to and skate at this weekend um, for Colorado Extreme Hockey Program here in Aspen, but uh, he has nine sleds and he took us all out in this backcountry like snowmobiling where we we caught like this super nice hill of fresh powder and doing that long skiing and then. This kid, Tim, brought the drone out. And this if we didn't have him, we were screwed because we had to go through these trails and stuff. We were looking for this cabin out in the middle of nowhere. But he videotaped us with the drones. And um, you just get like this element, like you're just out in the wilderness, um, you and the guys, and it's just killer. And we barbecued burgers. We sat around, had a few beers, a couple shots of tequila, and then made our way back before dark. Um, but, I mean, the stuff you can do out here when you're just outside and having fun, it's, it's amazing. The stuff you could do when you're rich, eh? Ups, when you're rich, the stuff you could do. But I, 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 just lucky all you fuckers came back. I got a text from Lupul being like, hey, you want to go snowmobiling on the other side of the mountain? After I'm like, we've just been on a two-day bender. I'm like, you guys are going to go out with these fucking monster snowmobiles that not one of you have a fucking idea of what you're doing. On the other side of the mountain, I'm like, no, I'm just going to go skiing here with the, the normal people on the groom blues. I, I was like, I was just happy you all came back. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I know, I know. It's it, and then you know, there's been some scary stuff happening on snowmobiles lately. Unfortunately, people, you know, it is a dangerous sport. I would say that Lupul, no matter what, is terrible at driving most motor vehicles. <laughs> like the first, the first two seconds he was on this thing, he drove it right into the back of our boy Eric Dolly's snowmobile, and he bailed into the snow. And we're like, I go, someone please put like the governor on Lupul's snowmobile because this guy's <laughs> gonna have this thing upside down before you know it. Um, but, you know, we all made it back safe. Uh, it's a testament to having, you know, great guides and, and stuff like that. But um, it's just amazing when you're out in that backside. You're just, no one's around. Um, it's you and the snow and just, uh, it's the best. It's a great so you, feeling. You like skiing in the powder, huh? I, I don't love the fresh powder. I'm, I'm a groomed blue guy. I, I stay in my lane. But you like the fresh powder. Like, I, I find it's hard to, like, really dig in. Like, I guess if you fall, it doesn't matter. But were you shredding pretty good through it? Yeah, like today, today's was so soft that the other day was a little wet, but it's still like knee high. And if you do fall, it's like, just where's my skis and where's all my shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but today was like the fresh snow that we hit today on, you know, we got the first runs with this guide. Um, Obi, it's like you're, if you have a snowboard, I don't know what that's like. It, it has to be like you're surfing, you know, in water, that, that feeling of like weightlessness. Um, for us skiers today, it was like, you know, you could fall, but you don't, you could go down those moguls, Obi, and not even like feel one of them and just kind of like run with the whole thing. It's, if you like to groom blues, you can handle this style of powder today. It would have, it would have felt like you were weightless. And I'm sure for you that might, <laughs> weightless. That, that, that feeling how, might be how much fucking, how much powder stills <laughs> up there for me to feel weightless, brother? There's got to be a lot. <laughs> I could have used that back in about 2018 to feel a little more weightless on the ice, but, uh, yeah. Hey, up, Doug, I'll tell you one thing. How nice is it when you get to the top of the mountain and you get in there and you grab a couple of little shots of tequila? 
doesn't take long to you know get that warm feel, and then you go back out, put the music on. I listened to a lot of Lumineers on the slopes, a lot of Lumineers followed up by some My Morning Jacket. It was it was real nice. Nice. That's a nice little playlist. I'm yeah. more dance party guy. I'm putting on the Rufus, Odessa, Bob Moses. I'm kind of <laughs> up there just grooving, feeling good, just ready to get to that opera after that. Hey, speaking of dancing, how about the poor bastard that got booed off the stage New Year's Eve? I don't know who that guy was. Oh. Do you ever get his name? That was... Yeah, the boys started following him on Instagram. We got to get this deal? guy's name. He was horrendous. Uh, I mean, well, his... It was a tough situation. I, right I, I think they set him up for failure a little bit. Like when you're going on an hour before midnight on New Year's Eve, we're looking for Rufus DeSoul. We're looking for, you know, whatever, hip-hop, up-tempo. And this guy's singing love tunes, and we're like, enough. And he missed the countdown. Remember, he missed the fucking countdown. Yeah. The, Obi, your only job there is to do the 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. <laughs> and he didn't. He fucked it all up. And then he was at, at times like, all right, guys, we're going to speed it up. And then he'd be like, you know, I'm in love, and I've been heartbroken. It's like, guy, get off stage, please. Just give us a DJ, anyone. I know. I will give him credit. One song he called up, and there was like 12 girls that went up there with him. I was like, well, maybe this guy's onto something here. But then even, yeah, I think even the girls were booing him after a few of them. They're like, I don't go with this guy. And then the next guy came on and saved the night. I thought he was good after that. and uh, The rest is history. But uh, Updog, obviously some sad news to end our Aspen New Year's. You know, we were at the, the bar. We were at watching the game, getting ready to watch the Bills and Bengals play. And uh, we all know what what happened to Damar Hamlin and you know, sitting there with you and Loops, former, you know, athletes, the feeling that we all had and everybody in the bar, even if you weren't a sports fan, it was, it was tragedy. So obviously our prayers with him, uh, just what you thought about it and, and the feeling of, man, this is, you forget what athletes put out there every night to play. Yeah. I, I think the first thing that came to mind was, was, you know, jumping on the team plane or something and, and not having one of your teammates with you or something. And and just for some tragic reason, you know, in most cases, it's maybe a severe injury where a guy has to stay behind. It doesn't happen very often. But in this case, you know, cardiac arrest is a serious thing. And uh, we were so excited for, for a great game. I think everyone was. Um, but then, you know, the health and, and wellness of, of these players and of, you know, teammates becomes more than the game itself. And I think, you know, I think everyone was on edge and I think everyone kind of, you know, puts life into perspective when something like this happens, unfortunately. Um, you know, the NFL was in a really tough spot, whether to continue the game, um, you know, what kind of news to put out there. But I think both teams, you know, both teams coming together like that. You see Joe Burrow, you see Josh Allen, um, you know, together. And, and when you hear the stories of how, you know, the coaching staffs come into the Bills room after and, and you know, all the players kind of make their way over to show support. Uh, it just, it proves how precious life is. And, you know, we're pulling for this kid. I, you know, from the stuff we read and the stuff the Bills Mafia put out, uh, he is making strides in the right way. And we hope that that news is, is right because we're all pulling for him. Um, but young kid, man, it's a young kid that has his whole life and his whole career ahead of himself. And this sort of thing, you know, in an instant, um, you know, puts life into perspective, man. It sucks. Yeah. And, and you know what? He, he is doing better. There were some good reports coming out today. And, obviously football secondary but his life is way more important but you look at like you know what happened to chris pronger in 98 you know prongs gets hit with a slap shot right in the heart same kind of thing gets up falls back down goes to cardiac arrest and you know obviously chris we all know what happened with prongs he came back and had a hall of fame career so obviously first and foremost this kid's life is the most important thing but 
if he does pull through it, maybe there is hope at the end of the tunnel up dog that he can get back out there someday and compete with his teammates because, you know, as tragic as it is up dog, and we say this a lot about when we signed up for the NHL, you know what you signed up for. And, and he was playing the biggest game of his life. And um, there's nowhere he'd rather be, uh, but hopefully he could pull through this and his teammates, like you said, man, the look on their faces, uh, I couldn't imagine. So our, our prayers are going out to him. Uh, and like you said, Bill Mafia has been unbelievable. So uh, in saying yeah. that, we'll be and right just back. Obi- oh, yeah. Let me let me just say one more thing about, you know, the people, the first responders to the whole situation. You know, when this happened to Jay Bowmeister a couple of years ago on the St. Louis Blues bench uh, in Anaheim, which I think we all seen seen that highlight. Uh, Ray Brilli, our trainer at the time, you know, these are the guys that, you know, take care of these these guys and, and, and they have their lives in their hands right away. So for all the guys that, you know, in the ambulance and this training staff for the Bills that, that were able to get on the field and help this guy and bring him back. Um, you know, those are those are the heroes in this situation. So, you know, congrats, not congrats, but thankful for those guys who every day take care of the athletes and take care of people who, you know, in sudden instances, you know, lives are in danger. So, um, you know, we thank you for those guys. Well set up, dog. We will be right back. Welcome back to Mr. Curfew. This guy's mentioned a lot. And when you talk about National Leaguer, this guy is a National Leaguer. Uh, the first owner slash GM of the Curfew Cup team out of big Dallas, Texas, Billy Quinn. Fellow, I love the hat, first of all. But when I think of National League, I think of Billy Quinn. So thank you for your commitment. How's your squad coming together? I know Younger's a big part of it, but how's the team from Dallas coming together? Yeah, the team's coming together great. We're going to have couple college players on the team. We may have an ex NHL or two on the team. You know, we're going to get FIDS and you know how FIDS is committing. You know, you got, you got to push him hard, but I think he's, he's in, he's ready to go. So we're going to have a good team and we're going to cut, we're coming to win. Yeah. Quinter. So I talked to me about how you guys jumped at it. You know, first team in there, ready to rock. How did that come together for you? Oh, well, when we heard about it, we, this is a can't miss thing to do, right? You know, we're huge fans of the pod and we knew we wanted to get in early because this thing's going to grow. Yeah, and you guys are doing, you, got, you guys got a team text, group text going already, so that's, oh, that's yeah. good, some good team building. There's been some stuff on there that I've heard some rumblings of that to teams out there already, I'm going to give the advantage to Billy Quinn, his owner and GM skills already. He's already doing the little stuff off the ice that's going to bring them together, but uh, you know, we appreciate your commitment. You've been a big fan of the pod forever, but it's going to be a National League weekend on and off the ice, um, so we're looking forward to the team from Dallas. I can't wait to see Younger there first and foremost. He's fired up. Oh yeah, he's fired up. All the guys are fired yeah. up, right? And we got we got incentives in place, so I think they're going to come. They're going to perform both on and off the ice. It's going to be a real missing curfew type of team. Yeah, we got some teams from Canada too. So I was telling Younger, I was said to the boys from Texas, be ready to rock because there's some guys up in Canada that are fired up to play this. So um, curfew cup March 23rd to 26th in Las Vegas, Vegas Golden uh, Vegas Golden Knights practice facility. Billy Quinn will be there. His team's ready to rock. Sign up now. we got lots of teams interested. It's going to be a National League weekend. Right now, Billy Quinn and the Dallas, name to be determined, are the favorites in my opinion, fella. Welcome back to Mr. Curfew. DraftKings, baby, updog. There was no top titty over the holidays. I was in one up in Canada. My 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 American app wasn't, my American app wasn't working, and I was just in one. I tried to get bigger to put my squad in the one day, but... Talk to us about, you've been in New York, you've been in Colorado, you've been using the app. Um, I'm jealous because, man, you've been putting in some cool player props, some first period money lines, like just how clean the app, app's app been for you. I mean, for our listeners who are able to jump on, as soon as you log into this thing, 
Uh, DraftKings does a great job of giving you opportunities to just one-click single-game parlays that they do. And our missing curfew obes, every time we put out an event uh, or a game that we like or that's, you know, that, that same game parlay, the fans love it. It's so easy to, to work with. I'm just a big fan of seeing, like, you know, obviously you guys know this because of Top Titty where I missed to put it in. <laughs> if you miss the start of these games, you get these live bets and the lines continue to move. And, you know, if you really like a team and they get down, say we're watching football and they get down a touchdown or 10 points right off the bat, that, that line really becomes attractive if you still think the team's going to come back and win. So in certain occasions where, you know, you're sitting and you're, you know, like me, you forget to do things, um, it's a great way to jump on there. The app is super clean. I'm pumped that, you know, my bet last night, Oilers, you know, minus 0.5 at home against the Kraken. I think we all know what I did last week when I took, you know, uh, the, the Oilers just absolutely smashed the Kraken. You know, they scored three goals in 70 seconds. That was a big win for me. I kind of was like vibing that the Oilers might carry it on. So the first period bet was good. They got work for the rest of the game. So, you know, it was it was good. But my I got a lot of money in the account right now. So I'm, I'm playing with the house's money. Uh, looking forward to tonight. I'm going to splash this World Junior game here on, on the DraftKings app here this afternoon. Attaboy. We take, take all the World Junior game. Listen, I was going to take two bets. We're recording on Wednesday this week. I was going to take the Maple Leafs at home. They were minus 260 against your former Blues. They lost 6-5. Then I was going to take the Oilers at minus 160, I believe, at home against the Kraken. They got worked. So your your first period money line bet to the fellas listening out there, that's always a good bet when a, when a home team favorite is there. Because it, it it moves the line so much down. Like, what did you get the Oilers at for that first period ha- minus half a goal? Do you remember? Yeah, I think it was minus one ten or maybe yeah. even plus one ten. Like, it was a good bet. It was yeah. a good bet. They were, you know, it was they were they were they were home favorites, probably minus one fifty, one sixty for the game. Um, which again, if you take the first period, in most cases, it evens that line out. Um, and then I just thought, hey, Edmonton's coming home. You know, Seattle's traveling. Uh, it's the new year, you know, tough <laughs> the dog barn. days, the dog Ed- days. Day ups. Yeah. The dog days <laughs> in Alberta, whether you're a visiting player or unfortunately, if you had to play for the Oilers, you get more of those days up there. But, um, <laughs> you know, it was a, it was a high paced game, high scoring game with the Oilers ended up getting work, but I was expecting them to come out hard and they did. So thank you for that. I'm just looking, I'm on the, I'm on the app right now, Obes, and I want to get this line for this world junior game. What do we think this line's at today for this world junior game? Which is, you know, we're, we're Wednesday. It's Team Canada versus Team USA. I don't know. What Team do Canada minus 190. Well, let's see here. Although with it's, the way uh, Team Canada's goaltending has been this tournament, it should be a fucking pick em. <laughs> And by the way, talking about World uh, Juniors, watch out for that. I don't know if you yeah. call them Czech anymore or Czechia. I mean, that team, I don't know what kind of food they're eating over there, up dog, or what. Like, do you see how big their team is? They're all the absolute. Mo- the Checos are all absolute monsters. When they put when they played the first game against Canada, I was like, I turned to Pitter. I'm like, look at the size of these guys. Like, let's get these guys pissed in the cup here. What, what what's going on over there? <laughs> uh, well, the the Checos today are uh, their favorite against Sweden. They're minus one forty. Yeah, mainly, I like mainly because of their their size. I like that. And then bet. Team Canada's yeah, they're two to one odds to win yeah. this game. Minus 195, over and under seven. So I might have to tickle that too. This is high scoring games in this world, Juniors. You got to love that. Well, it's high school. Hockey's high scoring in general now. That's all it is. So I'm talk- I want to I talk about one same game parlay I put in last week. And I've only hit one same game parlay all week or all season. So, fellas out there, I'm sorry. I believe the Updogs hit three. 
But these same game parlays, it, it, it boosts the odds, obviously, right? So this was like, I got it up to like plus 600, I think. I had Avalanche money line over the Kings. JT Comfort to score a goal because I did some research. I knew he was playing on the top line. And Miko Ranton to score a goal. So Comfort scored the first one. It was 4-2 Avalanche going into the third. So I'm sitting pretty thinking, you know, maybe Ranton gets an empty netter. Five minutes in, Andrew Cogliano flips one from the center of the fucking D zone over the glass. And right away, I'm like, uh-oh, Uppy. They score on the power play. The Kings put it to them. 4-4. I'm like, all right, I still got a chance of the rant and overtime goal. Goes to a shootout, and I lose. I'm like, fuck, man. They're up 4-2. The Stanley Cup champs going into the third. And that doesn't mean shit anymore, up dog. It doesn't mean shit. That two-goal lead, buddy's the worst lead in hockey. Proven it, once again. It really is. So that used to be a little bit of money. That used to be the sang-ups. Like we, I would say that in the room when we were down two all the time, but it really is now. Like, if you go up two, it doesn't even matter anymore. Like, if I'm on the side where my team that I got money on goes up two nothing right away, I don't feel like, all right, here we go. I feel like almost the other way, like, uh-oh, we're going to lose this game. Yeah, no one knows how to tighten things up anymore, bud. It's just <laughs> it's a, it's a loose it's a loose cannon. The kids are too good. All they want to do is score goals. The goalies must hate it. Um, but it does provide, like, comeback hockey is fun hockey to watch, especially when you think you're down and out. It's, if you're on the other side of that bet, you're like, come on, boys. You know? I'm fucking down and out. Ups. I'm down and out, fella. <laughs> I mean, Georgia, are you kidding me, Georgia? I thought they were just going to steamroll Ohio State. First play of the game, ups, the field goal kicker misses the field goal. I'm like, oh, tough start. Next play, Ohio State 7 nothing. Right then, I'm like, I'm done. Minus five, I'm done. I knew I was over. I mean, even in that game, they were down two touchdowns, three three touchdowns early, right? 21-7 or 21-3, maybe? And yeah. then they come back, tie it. I'm like, all right, I'm still pulling for you. I missed that bet. See, I, I got, missed that one. But um, those games were great games, though. I, I know you were on the other side of that one. But <laughs> um, the college football semifinals this past weekend, were those games were great, man. Really good. I'll well, tell you what. Shout out a, to TCU. I was just going to say, our, I, we got our boy Billy Quinn sitting right here, a good Texas lad. That TCU team is fucking legit. I haven't watched them play all year. They're big. They're fast. I mean, their safeties and linebackers in that game against Michigan were like, they look like NFL guys. So I, I don't know which way like, to pick in this one. Whatever way I go, I would say go the opposite. But that TCU team up dog is legit. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a good game. What, when is that game? And that's in LA. Are we going to that? I don't know. Are you ever coming back or what? Is there a studio in Aspen you could get us into? Yeah. Maybe I'll come up there and, uh, eh? No, I think it's. Uh, no, Jan- I mean, I think it's at SoFi. Monday. January what? It's got to be next weekend. It's Monday. All right. Well, I'm back. Should we do it? Bellator. <laughs> Bellator. Yeah. Do you got anyone? Like, do you know anyone that's got a suite or something? Hey, get on the phone there, bud. Yeah, we'll jump on. We'll ask Washi. We'll ask K Wash. You might have one. So listen, keep the same parlays going. Up dog, you're due. I think you should fire one in here in the next couple of days for the fellows that are listening. The DraftKings app for the people that are in the, the states and the province, especially Ontario up there, fellas. I'm telling you, these player props and everything, get using them. Top Titty is back this week with 10 games up, dog. So uh, for the fellas out there, get in here, take on the take on the boys. Friday night, lock of the week. I am now 5-3 and three after the Devils beat the Penguins on Friday night. Up dog is 4-1 with the Oilers beating the Kraken. If you've bet me so far, I'm sorry, fella. I've been losing you money because I've been taking the favorites. But the up dog, four and one. What if right now you got what on the fellas, buddy? You made him how much? I think I've got. I think I made him a six Xer. Yeah, I think so I too. I mean, and I don't know if for all you smart fuckers out there, that's you know, if you want to throw a hundred bucks into what 
into what I've been betting you, it would have made you almost a thousand bucks. Just because well, the Coyotes I mean, as get- the two games was plus six hundred. Yeah. The Coyotes. And then who was the other one that I just completely backdoored? You took the fucking Canucks was, going in. You took the Canucks going into Edmonton at like plus two hundred the see? day before Christmas break. There you go. Now the Oilers against the Kraken. That was on the road. I mean, I'm just. What, what can you say? Obi, I'm. I'm feeling it, and I'm looking forward to this weekend too because I'm gonna fucking blast out another underdog for the boys. Well, I'm going first because I fucking suck. So I'm going first here. <laughs> Friday night lock of the night. Um, let me see your up dog. I'm not going underdogs. Coyotes, Blackhawks with the old toilet bowl. Maybe I'll go that one. Um, wow, there's not what really. Are you that saying? I think the Coyotes are. I think the Coyotes are good right now. I, I, I that's not the toilet. The toilet bowl here is definitely the Sharks at the Ducks. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, that is. Um, wow, there's not really one that jumps out to me here, up dog. I'm gonna go with. Oh, this is tough. I'm gonna go with the Winnipeg Jets. At home against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I just think, like, the boys in the Lightning are going to go to Earl's for sure. They're going to have a couple. You know, it's cold there. Tough barn. I'm taking the Jets. Lock of the night. I am going to take, this is, you know, I'm actually proud to say this because I live in the area. But I'm taking the Ducks at home for, I think, what would be the Ducks' second official win in regulation of this season. So I'm taking the Sharks at the Ducks. I'm taking the Ducks to win this game. I know they want Connor Bedard, but I think they're going to pull it off here on Saturday night at home. All right. He's got the Ducks. I got the Jets. Hey, me and Billy Quinn are going to Ducks-Stars game tonight, and I'm not betting the Ducks. I'm, I'm going to take the Stars because they lost last night in L.A. So I think the Stars bounce back. But uh, lock of the night, the updog is 4-1. and one. He continues to fucking hang his balls out there and takes the Ducks, and I'll take the Winnipeg Jets against yeah, Coop and the Lightning. So... Um, NHL winter classic up dog was in Boston, obviously the headquarters of DraftKings. What did you think of it? Uh, what were your thoughts on it? And, uh, just touch on the game. I mean, for me, uh, it started with the walk-in, um, you know, the old school fucking Fenway. Well, I mean, what a, what a place to have, you know, an event like that. It couldn't be a better, um, a better field, uh, with the tradition, uh, great city, great hockey tradition, not only with the foot, with the baseball, um, but their outfits, they walked in, OB, they, those things fucked. Um, <laughs> I thought the game looked great. Again, these games look great on TV, and I, I, it's all for the fans. I'm sure the fans at Fenway Park, because of the Green Monster and the smaller field, I'm sure it looked good in the crowd. Um, you caught you caught most of the game, so I'm excited to hear what you thought of the game. For me, I played in one of the Winter Classics before, Um you know, the lead up to it's super emotional. You get all your family there. So I'm sure the players enjoyed that. When the game starts, you don't really hear much, right? You can't hear much of the fans. You see the fireworks, the jets fly over. That's super badass. But when we played at Bush Stadium, it was more, um, you feel like you're just playing like outdoor hockey. And the only people you can hear are the referees and the puck on the ice and just your teammates and your line mates. Um, but everything else is kind of zoned out. So your thoughts on the game? I didn't catch most of it. I did think it looked great, but did you think the NHL killed it with this year's Winter Classic? Yeah, I, I would say the first thing I thought when I turned on the start of the second period was I should have taken the fucking under. I was like, why didn't I take the under in this fucking thing? <laughs> the puck was bouncing; they were fucking whack fucking it up the wall. I was, I'm like, these guys got no. I mean, it's just it's it's sloppy hockey to me, up dog. I thought it looked sloppy. 
Um, I thought the third period was was a great push by the Boston Bruins in the second half of the, of the third period. I thought they finally established their game, established their forecheck. The atmosphere was unbelievable. I think it's a great event for guys like yourself that got to play in it. I think it's a great event for your family to go to. I think it's a great event for pictures and, and photography and stuff like that. It looks amazing. Once again, I just think it's shit on TV ups. And for the NHL, we, we know how good hockey is live. It's the best sport in the world live. How can we make it better on TV? I, every year I watch the Winter Classic, I think, is this a made-for-TV event? And I really don't think it is ups. I, I thought it, it looked awesome when you looked at how big the stadium is and Fenway Park looked beautiful. But when you zoned in and the game started, I was like, to me, this is sloppy hockey. And, and I, I don't enjoy watching it, to be honest with you. Well, yeah, and you're battling, uh, you're battling the elements of, of weather, right? I think it was hot and sunny leading up to that. That's just a recipe for disaster for, for good ice. Yeah. You know, you're like, okay, it's going to melt. Okay, what time is it going to freeze? Do the game time? Do we need to move it back a couple hours? We obviously witnessed what we did on our first fellow tour in Tahoe with the sun melting the ice. There's so many factors that play into a, uh, into a good hockey game where there's crispy rice passes, where, <laughs> you know, goaltenders can see the puck. Um, where you're not freezing your balls off and you can't feel your stick. like So there's a whole other element to you know these outdoor games that I think kind of makes it cool. It's the same the same thing as watching football, Ovi, in, in Buffalo in January. Sometimes you're like, why are we watching this football game? They can't, they can't hold on to the ball. They can't throw the ball. You know? but, so it's kind of in the same way as these hockey games when we play them outside, unfortunately. But um, I think they're good for our game. I think it's a way that the NHL can um, show their depth and what they can accomplish and throw these events. And like our boys at Hall Pass Studio, just one event after another, baby. Just keep them rolling, you know. And, and so I'm, I'm proud that they're doing these. I think they should evolve next year again up in Edmonton for a Heritage Classic. Um, and then I think uh, Seattle will be hosting Vegas Golden Knights. Is that, is that the... Is that the announcement of next year? Yeah, they're, they're going to do it in Seattle at the T-Mobile Park. And listen, I, I get it, Ups, and everything you say is true. And it, it's great revenue for the league, right? And, and we as ex-players, we bring up the word escrow. It makes us fucking cringe. So from a revenue perspective, I, I get it. It, it. It's a home run for the league every year. I would just like to ask the star players that have played in this game and, and be like, you know, you, anonymous, do you like playing in it? Because I feel like when you're a superstar player, and I know it's only one game a year, Ups, but it just it levels the playing field so much that Sidney Crosby and Pasternak and these guys, Marshawn, although Marshawn made a sick play on the power play down to DeBrusque and DeBrusque stuffed it. But I don't know. I just think it doesn't show how skillful our players are on the biggest stage uh, on a national view, right? Like, it doesn't show how sick Sidney Crosby is. And yes, you can watch it every every other night and get it. But I'm talking for the one person that tunes in just to watch the Winter Classic. Do we want our players not to look the best they can? I mean, it's a good question, and I hope that that uh, I hope that that question gets raised to them. I, I would say I loved every second of it, and that leveling the playing field probably helps me. You know, because the Sidney Crosby's <laughs> now realize what it's like to have to dump the puck in and fucking you know block a shot here and there. Um, I think it's good for the game. I I, I want to say every player that played in that game in St. Louis with us had had a great time i mean you don't want to like lace it up and have like freezing rain come down and frost like the the game last year which was i believe minnesota and st louis when o'reilly basically had frostbite on the side of his face for like a month you don't want to see that stuff happen but you know these star players you score a big goal in these games and it's something that 
you know, these highlights and, and I love seeing like winter classic highlights, right? It's, it's just a cool way to, to be brought back to the origin of, of our hockey days, us playing in the backyard, us playing on the pond, whatever the case may be. We all have those stories. Um, this puts it into, you know, professionalism. I, I like it. So I, I'm yeah, a fan. I, I would have checked no. the, I would have checked the, I do it again box. Yeah, yeah, and, and the reason we played in outdoor rinks was so we could get to the NHL and play in the nice big buildings that were fucking climate controlled with the nice heat pack and stuff like that. But listen, from a live from a live event, Uppy, you're 100% right. We went to the Stadium Series last year with DraftKings in Nashville, my first outdoor event. It's amazing live. I, I think it's a great event live, and, and I want to give some love to the Boston Bruins fans at Fenway. The atmosphere, they were crushing beers. It was unbelievable. The Bruins fans once again proved... I talk about TD Garden a lot on this podcast, how it's one of my favorite buildings to play in and now watch. The fans were unbelievable. It's a great live event. I just think TV uppy. NHL has got to start thinking, how do we make our game better on TV? If we want these contracts, we complain about, you know, what baseball guys get and what football guys get. It's because their game's better on television. And to me, the NHL still hasn't figured out a way to make an event made for TV. And that's all my point is, I guess, up dog. How about the drones that they had? Did you see the the footage with the drones kind of coming through? Yeah, that was that was cool. That was cool. That was that was so, a nice touch. Yeah, more, yeah. There's there's a lot of new, I guess, new tech that they should start to implement. It. You know, you see the NFL with those flying cameras, you know, over the field on the on the like on the lines. It just adds a whole other element to, you know, sitting in your, you know, sitting in this condo and watching a game and enjoying it. And something that, you know, hopefully can evolve. Hockey definitely needs to evolve. We all know how great of a live sport it is, like you've said a million times, because it is the best one. Um, but continue to build NHL. Keep it going. Yeah. And listen, I don't have the answer for the people who are playing. Like, well, Obes got an answer for it. I don't have the answer, but that's above my pay grade. But I will say this. Heritage Classic next year, Calgary and Edmonton in October. What do you think of that one up, dog? Are the boys making a fellow tour? That, that, I don't know. Can you still golf in October in Edmonton? No. You're not bad. They actually, so that I think they're doing things right. October up in Alberta, it's going to be crispy rice. It's going to be a little brisky. There's no leaves on the ground. If you want to play golf, there's going to be frost delay. That's for damn sure. <laughs> but it's better than, it's better than January, February or March. And I think, uh, when you have star players like Connor McDavid and Dry in these games, they would say, no way I'm stepping outside. You know, if it's not October or April, I ain't going outside. Yeah, I want to see them. They did one back in the day at Dodger Stadium, Ducks and Kings. I, I want some more like nice weather games too. Let's get one down in Florida, maybe one year in Tampa or something like that. I think that would be cool as well. Um, but in all seriousness, to the Boston Bruins, Fenway Park looked amazing. To the Bruins fans, uh, to me, that was the highlight of the game. They were loving it. They were crushing beers. Uh, what a fan base. So, uh, up dog, this guy fucks, presented by Life Force, promo code curfew. Um, Roman Yossi. Past both of our former teammate David Legwan for all-time scorer in Preds history. So first of all, Leggy, suck it. I love that Roban Yossi passed him. <laughs> but uh, I mean, the consistency of, of Yossi, man, this guy's been doing some fucking for a long time, up dog. I think it's only fitting that he is now the leading scorer in that in that franchise's history. Yeah, he definitely had the best looking title over Leggy long, long time ago. <laughs> so we'll give him that. Uh, hey, listen. Yossi's been a uh, you know fan of the pod, an incredible leader for the for the city. Nashville is a great place to play. Obviously, you you know that Obi. The fan base is incredible. This guy's been now their leader for quite some time. Um, Norris Trophy winner. Uh, love the way he plays the game. 
you know, the Swiss hockey, um, the Swiss hockey league right now is, is so competitive. And, and it says a lot when guys like him come up and, and are now these elite players and captains of his team. Um, so congrats to him. I didn't know Leggy had so many damn points, by the way. I know he was good. Oh, that, that 11, he could carry the puck up the ice, but did he have that many points? Like, because it feels like Yossi's been getting 80, 90 points a year now for the last five, six years. I know. Leggy played there for fucking ever, though. I mean, Leggy was the the, the, the first ever draft pick. And I mean, listen, yeah. they, they, they was playing power play from 18 years old because, and this is no he disrespect was. to Leg one, because I love Leggy. He was a great player, one of my favorite teammates. But he got to put in opportunities at a young age, being on bad teams that, you know, maybe he wouldn't have played the power play on other teams. So I just think those early years, he caught so many points that kind of, you know, is why he was the leader for so long. Yeah. Yeah. No, Roman Yossi, listen, and he's not done. He's got, obviously he's got a great contract. Uh, Nashville's always a competitive team, um, but that's only a stat that's going to grow and grow and grow. He's great for the game. He's great for Nashville. Um, and I can't wait to get down there on another fellow tour and check out his restaurant again. Yeah. And when, badass. We, when we talk about Leggy too, and we're talking about, you know, it's obviously a this guy fuck segment. Leggy had great style. Leggy had great National League style. You talk about carrying the puck. He was no one better. And I used to love telling Leggy. He would complain sometimes about stuff in Nashville. I'm like, <laughs> Leggy, you don't complain about anything, buddy. You got it good right here. There's no media. You're making fucking, what was he making? $7 million. You got a sick house. Don't complain, buddy. You don't want to go anywhere else but Nashville, buddy. You got it good here. The fans love you, even though you don't back check Leggy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't back check. You got no front teeth. Uh, he was my first roommate. He let me shack up with him my very first year. I was only 19 years old. So thank you to him for that, for showing me the ropes. But you are right. He wore those old school tacks. He had yeah. the right skates. He had no visor. He had the Mike Medano kind of look to him. Like, you're right. He he, he had some swag. So, um, you know, it's a blast from the past talking about our boy Leggy. It's, it's fun when we get to chat about our old teammates like that. And nobody loved the road more than Leggy. He used to be so excited when practice was over and be heading that plane. He'd be just so, just smile ear to ear. So, uh, Roman Yossi, keep it going. Uh, this guy fucks up, dog. First of all, I'm going to tie it in with World Juniors. They're red and white jerseys. They fuck. I want them to wear them all the time. Uh, the red and white with just a little hockey can on the shoulders are their best jerseys. And we all know what Connor Bedard's doing. But the first thing I thought about when I watched this kid play was his shot up. He, and you were a former first-rounder, a guy who scored lots of goals in junior, scored 20 in the show. His release, buddy, is it just not – it's just so nasty, isn't it? It's National League. It comes from his hip pocket. So he's got that, like, that little loopy shot. It's a Vladimir Tarasenko-esque where he pulls it, like, into his feet. Um, he holds his hands high on his stick. It's like a, a new thing all these young kids are doing with how they get the – they can use the whip of the stick. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's a weapon, and he's not only a good shooter, man. He has all the tools. He makes the right plays. He doesn't look overly fast, but he's so good on his edges. He's like, the you know, and I think our boy O'Neal said this uh, about him early in the tournament is he's a guy that can come in, Obi, and stop moving his feet, yet he still stays keeping his speed, and he makes the right play. And all these years when the coaches say, keep moving your feet, when a guy like this now is coming in and he's able to do that Jack Eichel and just kind of edge work, edge work, um, it's amazing. But the, it's nice to see Canada build, you know, a team around a superstar. And it's not all just about, you know, team play and this and that. This kid now is the real deal. People are buying tickets to watch him play. People are tuning into TV to watch him play. Um, 
he's the best player that you know we get to get, got to watch now coming up since since Connor McDavid, and I'm excited to see what he does here in the last couple of games, and then on to his NHL career because this kid's ready to rock and roll. He is, and uh, first of all, you know, shout out to O Dog. When I was back home in Canada watching TSN, O Dog was awesome. He was real. What he said about the game against Czech. Um, you know, how this team was being told they're going to be the best team since Getzlav and the boys that year. Like, Odog was just so good watching him, so keep it up on, on, on that front because like, the best thing about Odog is he's himself up, and that's what me and you try to do here, so he's great. Connor Bedard, he's looking sick, even with that bubble on out there. I'm like, this poor bastard's got to wear this fucking bubble. Like, let him take it off. But for me, when I watch him up, he, he's going to be a legit NHL superstar, and what he's going to do right away is the power play. Like, I when I watch him play and I look at it from a PK perspective, like, just when you think you're in the lane, he could pull it this way and rip it. And if you think you could take it this way, he could shoot it from here, like like almost loophole style, right? Like from his heel. Um, so he's going to be a power play. It's, right away, he's going to come to the NHL and, and do unbelievable things on the power play. Who did you compare him to when we were having a couple in, in Aspen? Did you compare him to someone that's in the show now? Do you remember? I mean, yeah. To me, to me, his style is like Pasternak. You, yeah. you get him, you, if you give him the puck with space, he's going to make you look foolish. He's got a great shot. Um, he makes the right plays and, and he's a guy like he just, he's in the area of the ice where the puck is going to go to. And then when it comes to him, heads up, like look at overtime the other night, the goal of the tournament, the goal of probably the world juniors, to be honest, like in a pressure situation with the puck on his stick, he walks three players, goes in and deeks the goalie completely out of his mind. The goalie lays on his back. He taps the puck in. He has a six celly in the center ice at home. In Halifax, I mean, you can't write a better script for this Connor Bedard. Uh, what he's doing is incredible, breaking records every other night. And uh, right now, gold is all he's got on his mind. I think all the records are broken. So uh, excited to see him play uh, these next couple games. Yeah, I, I don't know what that Slovakian defense was doing on that fucking goal. I mean, <laughs> I, I know it's Connor Bedard, but you got to play it a little bit better than that. Like, try to keep him to the outside, maybe. Don't let him just absolutely toe drag you and go back in. But listen up, Ian, and I joke about his, you know, having to wear the bubble. I feel bad for the guy, but I saw an interview after that game, and I, I don't know if it's the first time I've seen him without his helmet on, but how young he looks, and, and you forget how good this kid is, how young he is. You played in the tournament, so, um, but his shot, I cannot wait to see him on NHL goalies. We'll see it next year. And last thing on this guy fuck segment presented by uh, Life Force, speaking of goalies in the NHL, up, I watch these games nowadays, and every goalie can play the puck. You remember when we played? You know, Bobby Lou, yeah. Bobby Lou, I love him. He's a Hall of Famer. Bobby Lou could not play the puck. Like, these goalies now up, dog, they come out, they dust it off, they go to their backhand, they go to their forehand. In our era, only half the goalies could do that. Have you ever tried to do it with a with a glove on? It's all it's near impossible. Yeah. So it's it's an incredible art. The playing with a trapper. Okay, we're gonna call it the trapper. Oh, that's old the trapper. trapper. It is so damn it is so damn hard to put that thing on a paddle and squeeze it. I can't even squeeze. I, I like to say I got pretty half decent grip strength. You know, my couple broken hands here and there. You cannot squeeze those gloves. And why? And, you know, if you got Connor Bedard shooting on you or this Tage Thompson shooting 110 miles an hour, that that glove better be pretty strong. But it's impossible to wrap it around a twig. So what they're doing, if you can stick handle as a goalie, you know, fucking hell yeah. Uh, but it needs to be a tool you have because you're right. It acts as it acts as that first pass. In the zone on a dump in, it helps uh, the bodies of D man like yourself uh, going to get a puck and getting hit right. Like if you have a goalie that makes the right play, it saves your body. You're, you're 
five, six less hits taken a game by your defenseman. So um, you're right. Good on the goalie coaches to make sure that these guys aren't lazy and just sitting there taking pucks. Make them work on their stick game. Yeah, and it falls in the category, and obviously our boy Billy Quinn sitting here in the studio with me, his boy Marty Turco was the first one who started it, and then Mike Smith, the guy I played with in Tampa, played junior with Smitty, but in Tampa, and you're so right about the breakouts ups. Like, you, as a D-man, if Smitty came out of your net, you just go right to the corners. And I'm going to say defensemen nowadays, like, it helps them out so much, and I've noticed this lately that these D-men, like, some nights they don't even really break the puck out. Like, the goalie does it, they just go back and rim it. Like, they just block shots. You, I, I don't know. These goalies nowadays are, are making... Life for defenseman, super, super easy. And I think Turco was the first guy up, dog, that, that kind of started the trend. And now go if you can't play the puck, I think it's a big um, disadvantage for goalies when scouts look at you. Yeah, you're, you're right. No, you're right. You're exactly right. Turco was. He was good at it. He won a Stanley Cup for it. Um, to, to me, you know, the breakout part is so key to, like, playing good hockey. And, you know, I'm thinking about breakouts nowadays. Everything needs to be together. Whether you're, like, whether you're going in for a, you know, for a puck, your partner needs to be right beside you because players are so fast now. They just forecheck so, so hard. It's like, you know, you make the, the same plays on the same side of the ice, little ones, little dinks, we used to call them. And then all of a sudden, up to the winger, to the low center, out, easy. It's the way the game's supposed Nation- to be played. But these kids are now doing it. Yeah, it's National League. Nothing like a good it's crispy, exactly right. nothing like a good crispy breakout in the National League. Hey, a little, Good little D goalie exchange, hit the up dog, up dog hits the center, and away we go. I used to just change after that. I'm like, change? That's a good shift. That's a good shift, eh? I'm out of here. So, uh, I mean, that's that's what practices were the best for, too. You just get out there early, you know, and the, and the guys, the first drill of the day would just be like, touch it all, like, touch them all, you know? You were, you were always passes. great. In the summer skates, you always want to get your touches in. I was like, up dog, let's get some touches in here, eh? Feel good. Yeah, of course, man. Of course. Up dog, we got some news over the holidays of, uh, you know, a couple guys, I, I think I've probably been fined more than you, but um, the Leafs. The Leafs got fined $100,000 for traveling on Boxing Day. A hundred k to the Leafs is a dollar. They don't give a fuck about that. But Updog, as an ex-player for me, I don't know if it's because I had to go home for Christmas all the time, but I, I don't know if we should be playing games over. You know, I think the last game could be on the 23rd, and then you don't play again to the 28th. Like, I just don't think these guys need to be you know, having to travel on Boxing Day or having to play on the 27th, like give them their day off and, and let them enjoy their holiday time with their with their family. Like, I just don't think we need games throughout Christmas. Yeah, you, you touched on this point earlier. And to me, I mean, let's be honest. Hockey is a northern sport, right? It's in Canada. It's all over the northern U.S. It's fucking freezing during Christmas. You're sitting with your families. You're drinking wine. You're having nice meals. You're, you know, you're sitting around tables, you're on the couch a lot. To me, it's a great time to watch sports. And if you're a true hockey fan, I mean, you want to watch your guys play. I don't think they should play on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day like football and these young college kids do with the bowl games. And, but let's, let's get back in the rink and let's start playing hockey. To me, um, I think it's great when the NHL can do a holiday edition game. And, you know, if, if we have to compete with the, N- the NFL, then so be it. But you know, four days off. I, I was never a guy that got to go home. Fort McMurray was way too far away from either Nashville, Florida, Phoenix, you know, and, and then you, you risk these flight issues, which we all dealt with this holiday season. It's a complete shit show. Um, so you risk like not making it back for practices or games if you try to go home. Now, in saying that, Obi, you know, taking too much time off over the holidays kind of ruins the rhythm. And you, you mentioned earlier how 
you know, these guys want to stay on top of their game. I don't think many guys want to step away from the rink for four or five days a couple times a year. To me, I, I think they just want to continue to get the touches and yeah, feel it out. The married guys, um, the married guys know? don't, the married guys don't want to be away from the rink for four they, fucking days, but the yeah. us single guys, well, yeah, we do. We want to be away from the rink for four days. The married, you're, you're talking like a married guy now. You forgot back when you were young. We could have went down to Billy Quinn's house in Cobble for four fucking days. Ups. I know, but hey, Christmas, like, there's no good, yeah, there's no good parties Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, you know, like, yeah, you're doing house parties, sure. Yeah. No, no, but I no was, clubs are going to be open. I was just and joking. Rolling. Maybe in Cabo, though, eh? Oh, I, I, was, I know what you're talking about. Don't worry, joking. I was down at Billy Quinn's house enough all star breaks trying to get back home, feeling like, whoa, this next practice is going to be a rough one. Um, yeah. But Christmas holiday, I think, take the two days off. Get the guys back in the road. Obviously, all these Toronto Maple Leafs probably sat in the room. You know, I think you mentioned they asked Tavares, right, if the guys should go. They wanted to get on the road. There's nothing worse than traveling the day of the game to go play. Um, no, I, I agree think it's it's a it's a shitty rule that we should never have to fly the day of the game to go play. Yeah, you mentally you're like this is I'm so checked out. You know, it's a long day as is. Um, you know, you risk getting hurt. You risk fucking issues with the plane and not making it in there's a lot of issues so fines well deserved i think the leafs don't give a shit and uh the nhl probably needs to fix that rule a little bit because most players probably want to get in there the day before yeah and for me you know you, you talk about sitting around and, and what you know it's a good time to watch sports but for me it's like if down in the states you got so many bowl games on down here that i think people are watching that and then once boxing day hits you know back home in canada you're going to watch World Juniors over NHL games. I don't care who you are. That's how big that tournament is back there. So I just think you play the 23rd, get the 24th, 25th, 25th, 26th off. You practice the 27th or travel, and we play the 28th. That's just, you know, for me, I think the players deserve that. Um, it's time with their family, their kids, and then you get back at it. But um, I'll tell you what, that World Juniors back home up, dog, I love watching it every Boxing Day, man. I, I know they got pumped this year, but it's just a great tradition up there, isn't it? It's, no, it sure is. It's the best time of year to watch hockey. It was it was sad when we couldn't uh, a couple of years ago when the tournament got canceled, um, which I think might have been last year, right? But anyway, um, it's great hockey. Excited for down the stretch. Obviously, Canada does a great job of putting it on, and and you know all the all the hype in and around it has been real this year. So um, excited to watch these semifinals today. Yeah, go Canada. We got to bet these boys probably a bottle of Jameson. Huh? I'll, bet, I'll bet Maxie and Binger a bottle of Jameson on this game or what? Or you want me to bottle try? Jamo? Yeah, yeah. Want me to try to squeeze a bottle of Camus out of them? No, we'll keep it. We'll keep it simple. I'll go whiskey style with you. Put a little coffee, Irish whiskey. All right. Uh, Rumor Mill presented by Good Life promo code curfew. Listen, our boy, the fact daddy. I thought he was always in position. I didn't think he would have to block a shot. He got hit with a fucking puck. He broke his foot. He's out <sighs> six weeks. Tarasenko's out four weeks. Um, you know, first of all, I guess up dog, does that hurt their trade pieces? Just when you think the blues are, are out of it, they find a way to win. So I don't know what dog Armstrong thinking, but I heard this guy's name out of St. Louis, uh, Barbashev to Toronto. I think, you know, obviously if you could get Ryan O'Reilly, that would be the first and foremost, the Leafs just picked up Drayden hunt ups. And last night I watched the Leafs play their fourth line with him has so much more energy. They're a completely different team. In my opinion, if you can get Barbershev out of St. Louis and bring him into Toronto to add another physical piece, I will change how I feel about the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm already thinking about changing it with just having Jaden Hunt, but do you think Army would ever get rid of Barbershev? I think Barbershev's locked into a pretty solid deal right now um, that works for, for both 
both teams. I remember Travis Green, our boy Greener, calling me. Uh, this is a couple of years ago now, asking about Barbashev. He's a free agent. He said, "Can this guy come in and and is he okay playing like third and fourth line? Or now that he you know won a Stanley Cup, does he want to play higher up in the in the lineup?" I basically said, "Greener, this guy can play up if you want him to, but he knows his role. He's a guy that plays physical. He's always in front of the net. He's got great hands. He's now a champion. Um, he's a great he'd be a great pickup. So for me." Toronto Maple Leafs need winning guys in their locker room. They need guys that have been there and done it because it's going to get hard again come playoff time. They need the guys that know how to step up and, and do the right thing, know how to lead by example. If you can't fill, you know, unfortunately the timing sucks for for O'Reilly. Like he, he, six weeks out, he's putting himself right into that trade deadline. Um, you know, if, if he wants to have a chance to move and, and go to another team and have a chance to win a Stanley Cup this year, if it's not in St. Louis – Timeline wise, this this sucks. He still will get picked up. A team will still trust that you know his his foot will get better. But um, Barbershev is the next best option. I do think Army will listen to trades. He's a guy that if he doesn't think he has the right team right now, he's going to make moves to stay competitive and to still keep the core group of guys he has in St. Louis uh, competitive and ready to win um, and not go into complete rebuild mode. Yeah, and sticking with your boy Army, I was just joking with Quinner here before, and and he called out. I don't know if you heard, but he called out Sod and Braden Shen before the game last night in Toronto a couple of days ago or two days ago. He basically said that those two guys are with the injuries to O'Reilly, the fact Daddy and Tarasenko, they got to be better. They both responded, and you know, I was texting with Factor just you know feel better this and that, and you know, I I still believe in my heart that he doesn't even he's more worried about getting back in the lineup to help the St. Louis Blues make the playoffs, like. There's something about this Blues team with their DNA, and, and you know this better than me, that they they still think they can get in and still win. So for Army, he's probably like, do I trade guys? How good are we? Some, you know, We look good for a week, and then we fucking lose four straight. So I guess my point is, Updog, I think your boy Army's in a tough position. Yeah, but he's the guy. He's been there before. Um, he's proven, you know, he's one of the longest winning tenure, you know, let's call it in St. Louis. He's He's getting paid too like he like he should right for a guy that <laughs> that's gonna have to make tough tough decisions army we know those paychecks are looking good um i think army is a realist though if if the team doesn't put together the right stretch uh and put themselves in a good spot going into this trade deadline he will be he will be active there's no question about it he did it to us with shattenkirk before um you know we went on a four or five game slide before he had to make the tough decision and he ended up making it and he put blamed it all on us. Like, guys, you're the ones that made me do this. So you're right. I think the DNA of those guys, Obi, um, they have it in them to turn things around. Bennington has it in them to turn into, you know, a world-class goalie uh, with the, you know, the switch of a button. But he's going to have to do that for those guys. And then yeah, they're just going to have all their young players, you know, the Kairos, uh, the, the Thomases. They got to put their – they got to put the team on their back and run. And uh, I want to see the Blues in the playoffs. To me, they're they're still a team that can that can put a run together. So uh, it'll be interesting watching them down the stretch. They'll be a team to keep an eye on. Yeah, they're 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 right now they're a game in hand against the Oilers, and they're three points out. So it's like they're three points out of the second wild card with a game in hand. It's like they're right there, but I don't know. And, and you talk about Binner, and I, I love his edge. I love his competitiveness. If he can find his game to where it has been then maybe they could do some damage. So uh, one last thing on the river mill. I was watching the Hawks last night. Tane and Caves up, dog. I, I can't wait for this to pick up. 
I mean, where these guys are going to go. Um, you know, we'll get our boy David Pinota from the fourth period on as gets closer. But I mean, if you're Kane and Taves right now, it's time to start thinking, you know, where I want to go because they don't want to stay in Chicago. No, I mean, no, 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 no. Even this summer, I'm like, guys, they, they need to exercise these options. I mean, they're not getting any younger. They still have game left. Um, be a piece. We, we went with the, we went through this with Getsy, you know, from the outside looking in, kind of having a say and like, Getsy, what are you going to do? Do you want to go win? Like the Ducks aren't the team to do it. I know your, you know, your heart and soul is with this team. I think, I think these guys are going to be excited to put another jersey on and give it a run, Obes. I think it's going to be great for hockey. It's going to be great for, for fans. I can't wait to watch, uh, 88 fucking sniping a G, whether it's with New York Rangers, who knows, Toronto who knows? Maple Leafs, fucking put, to put another jersey on and let's rock and roll. It'd be great for the fans. And I'll tell you what's going to be great about our rumor mill segment moving forward is, you know, you look at the Eastern Conference where, you know, Patty Kane would probably want to go. One through seven in the wild card right now, the Florida Panthers right now are seventh. Like, there's, there's so many teams that are in the mix that Patty Kane could end up anywhere, but uh, it's going to be unbelievable. Uh, right now, the Chicago Blackhawks up dog are eight twenty five and four. So if we would have been getting betting against them all year, I wouldn't be in this hole I'm in right now. <laughs> yeah, or just betting against the Ducks. I mean, these guys. Ducks. It, your odds of just taking the other team against the Ducks right now. I mean, we, we should probably we should put an analyst <laughs> on this and really dive into it for us. Maybe DraftKings will 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 find a guy that can put the put the odds together. But you're going to make some serious cash if you just. They are going to tank. They want Bernard. There's no question. There's going to be three or four teams that you got to keep your eye on down the stretch here that are just going to be throwing games. You know they're going to rest. Their, <laughs> you know what? Hey, you're a veteran guy. I know I'm paying you $6 million, but you haven't really done much. You're going to sit tonight, all right? We're going to put this East Coaster in here. We're going to give them some looks, and you're going to play the third-string goalie, and then we're going to try to win that damn lottery and get this Connor Bernard. You're going to see it. It's inevitable, uh, but we can make some money You know, looking looking at it. I, I think if you ask Gary Bettman the NHL, they would probably want Connor Bedard to go to the Blackhawks, right? Because when that franchise is humming, it's good for the NHL. I would love for him to come out here to Orange County because where we live, but it will be interesting up dog. That was the rumor mill. Last but not least, the milk carton presented by our good friends at Canadips promo code curfew Cali. Me and Quinter got a lip boomer going right now. We got the granddaddy oh, perp. Bastard. Granddaddy perp. Um, I'm, perp. Talk- I'm gonna go first. I- I'm just gonna put the puck line. And I guess myself a little bit on the milk carton. But more importantly, I'm putting the puck line on the milk carton. I've taken the puck line 12 fucking times because I didn't get my balls to tug. And the minus 250 scared me. Like, the puck line, it, it's a sucker bet. I'm putting it on the milk carton for the fellas out there. Don't get, don't go Obi style and get worried. Trust your team. <laughs> take it like a man. Fuck the puck line up, dog. Uh, Obi, unfortunately, see the puck lines there. You can take it both ways. You know, you can take that plus 1.5 if you want to maybe switch up your luck, yeah, but fun. you're right. You got to give your balls a tug in this day and age. If you want to, if you want to bet money and you should, own, we're going to tell our listeners, you should only bet what you're willing to lose out there, but <laughs> the puck line, yeah. you got to, you know, cause these lines, you know, if you really like a team and they're going on a heater, you know, we're, we're expecting Colorado avalanche when they come healthy, uh, to like be the Colorado Avalanche of last year and go on a nice run here down the stretch, you got to give your balls a tug. There'll be some minus two twenties, minus two fifties, but you know that you know they're the right team, um, and that puck line can come back to haunt you, buddy. So I feel for you. I'm gonna throw on 
because it's World Junior time, because I dealt with this growing up and playing in all these international tournaments, I'm throwing on the international referees who have no idea, A, how to speak English half the time. <laughs> they, they don't know a good body check from, from one that's, you know, vicious. Um, you know, this, the little stick checks and everything. Just, just call the game. These kids, you know, these kids are out there playing for their country and playing for a lot. There's a lot at stake. Don't be the guy calling the bad penalties calling the five-minute majors it shouldn't be called. Let the game figure, that, figure itself out um, and make it worth watching on TV with some good five-on-five play. 100%. The refs have been they've been awful. And if you want to see how much the game's changed, shout out to our boy Princey running the Mystic Curfew social media. Go back and look at the fucking body checks from when you played, from our era, from guys after us. I mean, they were clean. They were hard. These European guys would come over here and they would play with their head down. And no, we didn't want anyone to get hurt, but that was the difference for Canada. That's how we made our difference. Now I get the game's changed, but you, there's no more. You can't tell how much it's changed more than those clips up, dog. There's hits back then that if it happened today, the guy would be, they'd, they'd throw him in the gas chain, throw him in the gas chain where his loop set over the, like you get, you get life with no parole. Like the, the hits now, you, you gotta still let these guys finish their checks and the refs weren't doing that early in the tournament. So I'm with you on that and I'm going to put on the milk carton sticking with the world juniors, uh, the red and black jerseys that they wear. They're terrible. It should be red and white. Um, that's what we are. We're Canada, red and white. I don't know why they had the black in there. I know it's for years. I've had enough of it. Just give me the old school red and white team Canada jerseys. Um, I've had enough of the black ones up dog. So that's on my milk carton as well. Well said, but I, I agree that world cup, get the old school world cup with that old hockey stick, Canada down the side, red and white. Um, oh, those are the best. Boy, I can't wait to watch this game here today. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a dandy. Yeah, uh, me and Billy Quinn, we're gonna go try to play some golf right now. I think if it's still okay out there, your guy flew in from to play some golf. So if not, we will uh, we'll watch the whole World Junior game, but we will catch the uh, the third and second hopefully. But uh, up dog, always a pleasure, buddy. Miss you in the studio. Uh, Loops's place looks good. Uh, take a beer out of his fridge for me or something. Do something, maybe take a dump in there for me. Or I sure will. I just got some nice. He's got some nice wine here beside me. I think I'm going to go for that first, but uh, hey, and then I'll maybe t- we catch the game here after. But you know, I'm going to I'm going to slip back to some of this nice red rouge he's got. With all these places he's got around, I, I'm starting to think he he should have probably paid for more than he did back in the day. Right? We were splitting we were splitting <laughs> everything three ways, and you know he's got four houses and I got one. I don't think that was right up, dog. So uh, enjoy Aspen, I, fella. I uh, miss you in the studio, but uh, always fun breaking it down with you. That was missing curfew. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? 
If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. 